Good morning. Sayawimala. And it is July the 13th. What I'd like to do today is read a little from Dhamma Everywhere by Ashin Utejaniya, or Sayadaw Utejaniya, a Burmese teacher. He's actually Chinese, but was born and raised in Burma. Still teaching today. And we've been reading about, we're in the section from moment to momentum. We're building momentum in our practice, our daily practice. And we just recently read about pain and then feelings, vedana, and uh, looking at anger. So we just read a very short section on anger. Anger is anger. It is just one Dhamma nature. So today, I'd like to start with the section following that. It's called Consistent Effort. So let's do that, and then we can sit together. Consistent Effort. We want the type of awareness that develops naturally from consistent effort, moment to moment. And he stresses this, doesn't he, all the time, that we're not just uh, having a time during the week or maybe a short time during the day where we're practicing on the cushion, but we're building that momentum so we carry our practice with us in everything we do. We don't want this doing, forceful effort that uses a lot of energy all at once, only to slack off when we are tired. When we get some energy back, we may recover from our drowsiness and start to be aware once again. It's impossible to develop continuity of awareness in this random way. So it's just not going to work. It's not that it's Uh, not the best, it's just impossible to develop that awareness all the time. Please work toward continuity and awareness. When there is continuity of awareness and the mind is able to see the whole process of what comes before and what happens after, without forcing, the mind will begin to recognize cause and effect. Only work to be aware of what is happening and what comes next. There is only this work and no other work. With persistence, you will develop a certain mental fortitude and confidence in yourself. Try it out if you don't believe me. You'll experience happiness when you are able to see this for yourself. Where is this happiness coming from? This is happiness that arises from knowing. Awareness gains momentum. When sati, and that's mindfulness, and samadhi, and that's that stable mind, focused mind, stable mind, when sati and samadhi are weak and defilements are very strong in the mind, you will not be able to see reality no matter how much you try. 
Without the continuity of awareness, the mind sees something, misses something, and sees something again. Can you thoroughly understand the whole story if you've missed a couple of episodes in a TV series? This inconsistency makes it difficult to grasp a complete picture, and wisdom doesn't have a chance to develop. That's why I emphasize consistent, continuous awareness. You only try to be aware more continuously so that there is a chance for momentum to grow. As awareness gains strength, the mind will be aware of many more things and awareness develops a momentum of its own. You don't do the work of being aware of more and more objects. The value of awareness. When you begin meditating, the sati, samadhi, and panya, which is wisdom, that were absent before are now present. Appreciate the presence of these wholesome qualities in the mind. What is the value of awareness? What does awareness remove? Awareness removes and replaces non-awareness. We meditate because we want to understand defilements. We want to be aware of the defilements that arise as dominature. What is wholesome is dominature, and what is unwholesome is also dominature. We practice to have the right attitude to understand dominature and to extinguish defilements. So dominature... Those are the things that are just true, the things that exist and are true in nature, and the realities of this world. So here's some more questions. This is to end the this ends this section. More questions. Now, think about this for yourself as I read these. What is your attitude? Is it right or wrong? Are you interested in the present moment? Do you want anything? Is the mind relaxed? How much energy are you using? What does the mind think about the experience? You can do this during the day, or you can do it when you're meditating. I think these questions are appropriate. Or just in your daily awareness. Is your is awareness present? How does it feel to be aware? How does it feel not to be aware? What is the difference between awareness and non-awareness? If awareness is present, what is the quality of awareness? Why is it strong or why is it weak? Is awareness continuous? What do you understand because of awareness in this moment? What is the benefit of having awareness? How is the mind reacting to the experience? Why is the mind reacting or not reacting? How do you feel when you notice an object? 
Is there defilement present? Why does it arise? Why does it disappear? What does the mind know? What is the mind doing? What ideas do you have about your practice? Good questions. So this the uh, this next part I'll read some of is called in a nutshell. This this is uh, he he has these once in a while they're kind of little little things to remind you of what we've just been reading about over the last several times together. The following or a medley of Ashin Tejaniya's reflections, ideas, suggestions, and many, many cases, M-I-N-I, many, many cases for consideration. They have been translated from Dhamma discussions, morning Dhamma reminders, and Ashin Tejaniya's little blue, little blue instruction book in Burmese. Since these are pieces taken out of context, not everything may make sense at first glance to meditators who aren't yet familiar with his teachings. Do take what immediately speaks to you and your personal experience and keep the rest for another day. I like that expression, keep the rest for another day. It is the nature of the mind to know Everyone already has this nature of awareness, which we are practicing to nurture, strengthen, and grow. We only need more right practice, without forcing or focusing. The momentum and strength of awareness will develop naturally when we practice consistently, moment to moment, without breaks. That is called right effort. at Samawayama. There is a vast different difference between a mind that is aware and a mind without awareness. The kind of awareness that comes from energetic focusing lasts only briefly. The kind of awareness that develops naturally from continuous practice is longer lasting and doesn't just disappear because of some external cause. People come to the meditation center with plans to put in a lot of effort and to achieve as much as possible within a short period of time. <laughs> that's just the work of Lopa. <laughs> that's, that's greed. Meditation is for the long haul, a practice we do for life, without rest until final liberation. We need to learn how to be skillful at running this marathon and learn to nurture all the wholesome mental qualities possible. We don't give you Dhamma here. We do teach you how to become skillful at meditation. That's what I'm interested in. In your daily life, you can't meditate by forcing awareness or unnaturally putting in extra energy into your practice. You have come here to learn a way of practice that you can apply to your daily life. When you are meditating, <clears throat> there is what is happening. Those are the objects. That's what you're focused on. And what is meditating. 
and that's the mind. So here, when you are meditating, excuse me, there is what is happening, the objects, and what is meditating, the mind. If you only pay attention to what is happening without paying, ten, paying attention to how the mind is observing, you won't be aware of the greed or aversion developing in the mind in reaction to what is happening. That's, that's really important, isn't it? We have to not only just be spaced out focusing on the object, we have to see what's going on within our mind, what's arising in our body that leads to greed or aversion. You'll begin to understand meditation when you are interested in learning more about the mind and you pay attention to the observing mind. Being skillful at meditation is a type of wisdom and more important than getting, than getting Dhamma. There will, that will come naturally once you learn how to meditate. Think about it as long, <clears throat> excuse me. Think about it. As long as we want to see or experience specific objects, there is still greed. We can't say we are meditating when we are practicing with greed in the observing, meditating mind. So if we're wanting something, if we're wanting to have a certain meditation experience, that's greed. That's not meditation. So we really have to work and see and be willing to see what, what's arising in our minds. Is it greed? Is it aversion? When you first begin, it's not enough only to have awareness. You need to reinforce it with other supports. Think about how you're going to practice and what is happening in the mind and body, for example. There are fewer chances to indulge in unwholesome thoughts when the mind is filled with wholesome thoughts. The mind can't simultaneously think two things. If there is right thinking, there can't be wrong thinking, of getting lost in thinking. Give the mind a job and make it work. Momentum builds from having awareness for longer periods from moment to moment. We need momentum to be successful in all areas of life, including education, business, or profession. Momentum is also needed for meditation to grow. But remember that this momentum doesn't come from exerting a lot of energy. If we exert a lot of energy, we will only have wasted that energy by the end of the day. We want a momentum that comes out of practicing steadily without stopping. Anyone with gardening experience can relate to this. If you want to grow flowers, what do you do? Do you think this flower is certainly taking a long time and yank it out of the soil? No, of course, you water it and you put it in the appropriate amount of, and you put in the appropriate amount of fertilizer. The flower will do its own job of growing. You can't force it to grow. 
you only figure out the environmental conditions that will help the flower thrive. Similarly, in meditating, you figure out and fulfill the conditions that will help the practice thrive. That's why I ask you to practice consistently and continuously. When when momentum builds up, awareness will be there even if you don't want it to be there. That's why you want to practice steadily throughout the day. Most yogis know that they ought to practice diligently. However, few are clear on how to practice diligently. Many yogis or meditators work diligently to focus on an object. In reality, we are practicing to properly understand the underlying characteristics of an object. Instead of using only effort to practice, we also need to use awareness along with intelligence to learn about these objects. Only then will understanding arise. When we say vidya is needed, and that also means energy or effort, the kind of vidya we're talking about is not focusing energy. The kind of vidya that's needed is perseverance. Applying our knowledge, the right attitude, and wisdom is what's needed for right effort. And that's samawayama. So, We'll stop there so we can practice together. I'll have to mark it. So we have, we can get started. We have at least 10 minutes to practice together. And then if you can, just keep practicing a little longer. Or uh, if you have to get busy with your schedule, try to try to remember and reflect on the things that we've been reading together and see how how you can carry your practice and that and your awareness out throughout the day in all your activities and see if that doesn't feel better than exerting the energy and then forgetting about it losing it soon after so let's be aware of the body right now your body can Easily know when you're moving into a time to be still and quiet. And you may be walking, but your body knows and begins to uh, become prepared for you to settle into meditation. There's less resistance the more familiar it becomes the more the body welcomes it and helps you helps you begin if you feel very unfocused and you need to center and ground yourself you can begin by creating deeper breaths maybe 3 no more than 3 Take deep breaths, letting the exhale be longer, stronger.
and see if then when you go back to your normal breath, if it doesn't, uh, if you don't feel more, more grounded in your body. Let your body relax. Just be aware of the body breathing for you. What are you aware of right at this moment? This morning, in our practice, I'd like to send out a special metta. And especially today, I have seen, I have so many good friends who have lost very, their, their pets recently. Or they have pets who are very sick and they're dealing with uh, maybe long illness or an unknown length of time for their pet to be alive. But just in the last few days, the last week, I've had several people very dear to me who have lost their pets. These are animals who've given them just such beautiful companionship and love, just unconditional love. So I'd like to send out blessings and metta, not only to the people who have the pets, not only to these friends and others who I have heard about on Facebook, if I don't know them personally, and for anyone who's, who's dealing with the loss of a pet, sending metta to you and also to your beloved animal companion. So as we do our metta practice, <clears throat> I'd like that to be the focus when we get to the, when we begin to practice for our loved ones. But let's begin, and even for those of you who are experience this loss, begin with yourself, sending kindness to yourself, compassion, caring, Don't forget to care for yourself. 
this is a this loss is real and it's okay to grieve and for all of us whether you have a pet or not i think we understand how how important it is to care for ourselves during a period of loss we begin with that because we're building that quality within us to be able to send that kindness out to others. Kindness and compassion. So begin with the words, may I be well, may I feel safe. May I be free from suffering and its causes. And may I be at peace. Now we can send this same quality as we develop it within ourselves, we understand it more. We have an experience with being able to see that kindness and love grow within us and the natural tendency is to always want to share it. So now we send out that love and that caring to our loved ones and include the pet you've lost or you may be in the process of losing Include that special creature in your life, a dear companion with your other loved ones, other, other creatures, other animal companions, with your family members, with your dear friends, Feel yourself surrounding them all with love and kindness, with goodwill. And feel that circle of love around your pet. Our pets are truly our companions of the heart. These are, these are the pets who've been with us through the pandemic and been with us, been with those of you who've had a pet with you through the pandemic. You know how important that, that has been. So you can understand the deep loss when we've We've seemed to have made it through the worst of the pandemic and then our dear, dear companion is is gone.
So just be aware of sending that love out. especially to our pets, present and past and our future ones. And send that love out to those other human loved ones that you've lost. We hold them in our hearts. We hold them with the memories. We hold them as we send out merit. The things we do can always be done in the name of our of our departed ones, our pets our friends, our family members we've lost. Any beneficial actions and speech and thoughts we have. We can we can be aware of that goodness that we do and send it out as a blessing to those we've lost. So keeping them in our awareness can be a beautiful thing. We can allow ourselves to tap into that love that we've had for our pets, that we've had for the loved ones we've lost and the loved ones we still have. We can tap into those memories and feelings of goodness. Let them become those wholesome thoughts that we hold on to those beautiful memories. Being aware of the love that we were able to give that person or that pet and the love that they gave us. forward carrying that love with us and sharing it 
with all others, with all other beings. There's no limits, there's no boundary set for loving kindness, for goodwill. So prayers and good thoughts for all of you. And for those of you who've suffered loss, and that includes all of us. Allow that love to be there. Allow it to spread. Allow it to move out and expand. So may everything we do or say be done always for the benefit not only for ourselves but for all other beings. And we can remember the loved ones we've lost when we send out beautiful thoughts, beautiful speech beautiful action and do it as a way to remember them. So thank you. And if you can keep if you can keep sitting, please do. And I'll see you Thursday. Thanks for being part of my practice. <laughs>